Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world full of real estate pros struggling to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. If you are or are working to become one of these breakaway agents, then this show is for you. Thank you so much for listening, and even if you just get one thing out of this podcast that helps your business grow, well, that's a huge win. And hopefully you'll get a few nuggets to help you move forward. Today, I am so excited to welcome Stephanie... Taco Broker Associate of Keller Williams in Encino, California in the Northern LA area. Stephanie has consistently been in the top 10 agents in the nation for Keller Williams and prior to that for many years at Coldwell Banker as well. She is one of the most consistent agents, good market or bad, her track record is unwavering. In her career, she has sold over 6,000 houses, more than most any other individual agent. Her experience is vast, and she takes great pride in her knowledge and skill. Stephanie, welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. So why don't you just start out, tell us about a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So um, I grew up here in the San Fernando Valley, which is in the northern part of Los Angeles, and I've been selling homes here for over 25 years, and I take a lot of pride in being a very strong listing agent. And this is what I do. This is all I do. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. And so, so you just kind of got into real estate. Is there anything, I mean, you've been in it for a long time. I mean, I feel like there's more to that story a little bit. And I know I said to be brief, but could you tell us a little bit, maybe something interesting that happened or something that, you know, changed how you did business? So I, when I started, was a, I was very young, and um, I had been in the fashion industry, actually, and I realized that I was not going to achieve what I wanted to achieve there, and I had a friend who was selling real estate, and he was doing very well. He was in his early 20s, as was I, and um, I thought, you know, I'm going to give that a whirl, and I knew nothing about real estate. I didn't understand the first thing about it, and so I jumped in with both feet, and that was a very long time ago and I just dedicated myself to it and made a whole lot of mistakes along the way and here I am. Awesome, awesome. So do you have a team? I know, um, I feel like it's getting more and more common in the old days it was like, you know, there's one of us and do you have a team that you work with and what is the structure of of your team? So I think I was maybe two or three years in the business and I was literally, in the office until one or two in the morning and I was back there at seven in the morning and I was sleeping under my desk and it was crazy. And this woman who was twice my age in the office, a really, really wonderful agent and we're still, we're still friends to this day. She approached me and she said as I was, so they gave me a very small cubicle and I got really busy fast because I was so focused and dedicated that my files were spilling out into the floor and they wouldn't give me more space because I was just this new agent. So I just sat on the floor and did my, carried on my transactions on the floor, files everywhere until I was deemed a fire hazard. So she came over, <laughs> she came over to me one day as I was sprawled out on the floor with all my files. She had her hands on her hips over me, standing over me, and she said, you need my help. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? I don't know. How am I going to pay you? And I was terrified because I was a new agent and it had only been a short period of time and I was young and I was not business savvy. And she was going through a divorce and she was burnt out on the real estate thing because she hadn't been doing it for so long. And she said, okay, let's just do this. She said, let's do this for 90 days. Just pay me for 90 days. And if it doesn't work, don't worry about it. 
And I said, okay, I can handle 90 days. I can handle a small bite. I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting married and committed. So she came on board and 90 days, she literally guided me and helped me, you know, to, to all the transactional part of it, which is so important. And so many times agents drop that piece. And within 90 days, she had alleviated me so much. And of course I didn't go home. I just kept working that we then had to hire a second person and then a third person. So I structured it very early on as a team, but my team has been more administrative and staff oriented because my sweet spot is being in front of people who want to sell their home. Hmm. Um, we do have, you know, it's morphed over the years and it's also, we scale based on what kind of a market that we're in. So um, retail versus foreclosure. So when the market or corporate, as I like to say, when the market is strong, like it is now, all my business is, most of my business is retail. In the very early 90s, um, when the market went south, and I've been through, I think this is my third up market, and I've been through two horrific down markets. And when the market pivots and switches, I saw everybody getting out of the business. And I thought, well, I don't want to do that. I've worked so hard just to get it this far, and I had only been in the business maybe three or four years when it did start to switch. So I began to um, work with the banks and I earned their support. And that takes a completely different structure because when you work with the banks, you have to, you're almost like a property manager. Although it was an incredible foundation as a young agent, um, as a newer agent to learn that kind of a matrix from a different angle. So my business will, will switch back and forth based on what the market's doing and I flow with the market. Um, right now we're clearly in a very strong retail market still, although we are, if you look at the cycles, we go in cycles, we've been on almost a straight upward trajectory pretty much since 12, 2012. And here we are in mid, all going into the third quarter, I don't know where this year's gone, of <laughs> 2019. So um, although our market here in LA is still moving at a very strong pace, prices are high. So um, it's interesting. But my current model is that I do have mostly administrative help. Um, I have my right-hand person who helps me from the time we go into escrow until we close because we assume that nobody else is going to do their job or maybe they're going to be distracted with kids and soccer games and other things. Maybe they're a new agent and they're just, they need help. So we, and I'm, I'm very much of a perfectionist and very much of a control freak. So we have, we were very structured and systematized. Um, I have a, she has a, a TC that works for her just managing all of the files and the paperwork. Um, I have a, a listing concierge person, if you will, who helps me with all the front end and the marketing. Um, I have a right hand person who's been with me for, my gosh, I think almost 20 years. Mm. And she's amazing and she knows everything about the business inside and out and she helps me in all facets. And um, then I have a few other people who just help with all of the details because there's so many, the marketing, the follow up, uh, the closing out of the files, the showings, there's so many details. Yeah. So I have to ask, um, is the person who's been with you for so long, is that the person who helped you off the floor? <laughs> no, actually. Um, but I have a good story about the person who helped me off the floor. So she worked with me for a couple of years and then she relocated out of the area. 
But okay. what, what's funny is a couple years ago, she called me and she still had, she moved out of the area, but she still had property in Sherman Oaks, which is here in the Valley. And she called me and I've helped her children. I've helped, I helped her sell her rental property. So even all these years later, she's still a, um, uh, a, a close person to me and someone that has continued to support what I do, which is That's really nice. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that story. So now um, I, I think you mentioned what this was, but I feel like we went by it really quickly. There's a retail market and then another market. Can you tell me a little more about that sure. and what you mean by that? So do you remember 2008? Oh, very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody got out of the business because the market crashed and burned. So we went into immediately a corporate market. Banks owned the majority of the assets, at least here in Los Angeles. So if you were a retail agent and you didn't know how to sell foreclosures, and they're usually, uh, most agents are usually either retail or REO agents, right? REO foreclosure synonymous. Um, I, in the early 90s, learned how to go straight from retail into REO and then back. So I've kind of always kept, and there's, I mean, we still have a very small amount of REO right now, but that's what it is because the majority of the business here, nobody gets so far as to foreclosure unless it's a real, there's a whole bunch of other sorts of problems. But so when I say corporate, I mean Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Bank of America, Chase, um, all of the institutional lenders, mm -hmm. and then of course the hedge funds as well. So, but right now we're still in a very strong retail. But I, I, I love that. REO markets. And that's just, oh my gosh, I could write a book. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just thinking, so did you point that phrase? Like, did you hear that somewhere? I mean, I think I, I've heard the concept, but I love, you just put it in very succinctly in a way that makes total sense. Like, and I, and I'm so fascinated by agents who either started their business in, during that time, 2008, 2007, 2008, or made it through that and didn't just make it through, but like what you're talking about. I mean, the money's always there. It just moved. Right. And so you know how to, you knew how to um, capture that and, you know, use that for growing even faster, probably. Yes. So, you know, I worked many years ago, there was a, the largest independent real estate company in the state of California was Fred Sands. And that's actually where I was at the beginning. And he was a wonderful, wonderful mentor and human being. Um, and he would say, don't get comfortable. As soon as you get comfortable, the market's going to change. So you have to be able to pivot and shift because as soon as you start thinking, oh, this is the market that we're in, whoop, the, the economy changes, the stock market changes, politics change, everything changes and you have to adapt. Otherwise you'll become extinct. You'll go out of business. Well, and recognize it and adapt too. I think yes. you know, it really speaks to your ability to see what's happening. And then, cause you, you know, what you're doing now is really for six months from now, right? I mean, it, so to be able to see it, you have to make the adjustments early on. Yes. And one thing that I've done, which I think is really, really important is numbers don't lie. And every month the board of realtors that, you know, everybody's got their local board, but our board puts out the statistics and it literally breaks it down into um, the different areas in our valley and the different price points in our valley. But most importantly, the numbers that I keep a very close pulse on are how many total listings, how many went into escrow in a given 30 day period and how many closed. And I literally, so I started saving those stats because they didn't, this was before, I'm gonna date myself, but this is before technology, right? 
and we used to get our monthly realtor reports and I would tear out the stat page. So I started saving them in 1991. So I literally have a drawer in my desk that I have every single month all the way back to 1991. So if you would like a historic um, graph of what's going on in our market, I have it. But that's phenomenal. Like, that's the most amazing thing I think I've heard. Do you, you have like a high speed scanner or something? I feel like I, you, you know, could probably yeah. sell that. I should, I should right? Because I'm like, the board doesn't even have the data back that far. I, I guess I'm their archive. But um, <laughs> it's really interesting because you can see the numbers where they go. And as soon as the numbers start to shift, I mean, I can feel it because I'm on the front lines and I do this 12, 14 hours a day like a crazy person still, but I don't stay here till two in the morning anymore. <laughs> um, but you can, the numbers don't lie and they can tell you where you're going. So you have to watch your numbers so, so closely in any given market. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. Like my mind is blown right now because I'm all about data, but you just, I, I, I've never heard of that before. I just think that's really cool that you did that. So, so, so I should, I should want it. Go. Yes. No, <laughs> I do think, you know, I mean, we should talk later about monetizing, that, but, yeah. but, um, well, and then that kind of leads me into the next thing. I really believe that everyone has strengths or what I like to call superpowers. Um, and as a high achiever like yourself, it really speaks to the fact that you've leaned into those and I asked you before about your superpower, like what you thought. Although now I'm just like, dude, you're good with data. Like what, <laughs> you know? Like, I am the daughter I... of a doctor of math. So numbers oh. beaten into me as a child also was organization and systems because my father, who I adore, is extremely analytical and very logical. So everything was, I was trained from, I got good training. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, I love math. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about the, I, My superpower. I feel like I could, I could talk about math and spreadsheets all day long, but let's talk about another superpower that you have. And it's a little more, um, little less analytical and a little more, um, which is cool because a lot of times if someone's analytical, they're not also creative and feel, you know, like right brain, yes. left brain kind of thing. And so this speaks to kind of the other side of you, I think, but, um, just your dedication being one of them. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So, um, I just have a laser focus and it's, it's, it's my best feature and it's my worst feature because as my husband says, Stephanie's got an incredible, incredible ability to focus. And that's fine as long as she doesn't focus on me because <laughs> so, it's just, I just can't, I just can't let it go. So, and it works if you're going for something positive, but if there's something that's pulling you down, you have to, I have to be careful, but mm. I'm extremely focused, very dedicated. And I can't, I just can't give up until I get there. Mm. I just can't. I don't know why. You know, and what you said in there was, I feel like there's a nugget in there that I really liked. And that is it, you kind of mention it being something that is maybe a negative, but it's, but I always feel like our, our biggest gifts, our biggest strengths, there are two sides of that coin. Yes. You know, I have a son and growing up, he was always the one who would lash out. He just gets so upset. And, and so I always told him, you know, you're so passionate. Right. And so, um, but what you're saying about your focus, can you talk a little bit about both sides of that coin and how that's uh, made a difference in your business and in your career as a whole, maybe sure. even how it leaked into, you know, other areas of your life. 
Sure. So um, I knew uh, that I wanted to do something and I wanted to be successful at it. And I knew that it was going to take tremendous dedication to, to do it. So um, I picked real estate and just, you know, literally broke it down into, okay, in the beginning, when you, when you have no business and you have no clients and especially if you're young, people don't want to work with you because they know you're new. You can't, you can't fake your way through it. You're just young and new. Um, so I just really broke it down into, okay, what, do I, what are the basics? What do I need to do? How many doors do you need? Knock on this many doors a day, do this. And I literally, I went to my broker at the time and I said, what do I do? And he gave me like a plan, like a diet plan for real estate. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And I just did it religiously and over and over and over again. And when you do that, things start to happen, right? And then it's a matter of fine tuning your skills so that you can, because it's, I remember I knocked on this gentleman's door. It was, I was maybe in the business three or four months and um, he opened the door and I gave him my spiel, which I had memorized, you know, hi, I'm Stephanie. Uh, you thinking about making a move? And he looked at me and he was older and grumpy and clearly I had interrupted his day and he said, yeah, I'm going to sell my house. What have you sold? And I was like, oh my gosh, they didn't tell me how to answer that one. <laughs> so I just, you know, you figure it out, right? So I figured it out and fine tune your skills until you perfect them. Awesome. Awesome. You also mentioned that your skill and knowledge were two other factors in your success. Do you have habits or ways that you hone that in? So that maybe you pass along to people who are like, yeah, how can I get there? Sure. So it's, again, it's like anything else. What is that book? Um, the Tipping Point. Oh, have yeah. Have you read that book where yes. he says uh, Malcolm Gladwell? Is that yes. The name? Uh, uh, if, I, if I screwed up his last name, I'm sorry. But I think that's that it. Right. Yes, that's correct. I was right? Okay. <laughs> um, but he says that you have to do something um, so many hours before, is it 10,000 hours before you really master it? So I tried to cram that 10,000 hours in as fast as I could. So if you like, you figure what there's 40 work hours in a week, that's 2,080 hours a year in real estate, 40 hours a week is part time. So if you do 4,000, if you work 80 hours a week, that's 4,000 a year, two and a half, three years, you're good, right? You have some, you're like, you, you've got your, your footing. And then it's just because now at this point, I mean, in the beginning, it was beating my head against the wall and asking question after question, being really curious and really inquisitive. And when I would come up against an obstacle, which in real estate, there's landmines everywhere. But when I would come up against an obstacle, it was going to the people in my company and saying, what do I do? How do I do this? And figuring a way to get over that wall or around that obstacle. And now, because I have done this for so long, um, it's, it's, I take tremendous pride in that I can see it coming a mile away because I have sold over 6,000 houses and I've seen and heard just about everything. Although once a year, there's always like some <laughs> situation where I'm like, okay, this is a new one. But, um, it, it takes time, it takes practice and it takes dedication and you can't give up. Yeah. You know, and one thing you said in there too, that I really liked, um, I know this has helped me a lot is just the idea of asking someone you know, especially when you're hitting an obstacle the I don't, I don't know if we're all built with that instinct to go, Oh, hi, I just, that didn't go well. I'd like to go talk to somebody about that. You know, <laughs> I think that, you know, even though it's not our first instinct, I think it's something that we can turn. Like, I, I think that 
it feels built into you. That was your first response maybe, but I don't know if everybody has that first response, but I feel like that's a, that's kind of a good takeaway that it's something you can learn how to do is you can remember, ah, that didn't feel good. I'm going to go talk to someone about it. How do I turn that around? How do I make a positive out of that? And, and you, you, you can't be afraid to ask. And you can't be afraid to be like, oh man, I messed that up. Okay, I'm just going to go over here. You have to say, okay, what could I have done differently? And then go to those people and go, you have to go back to the pain. <laughs> you can figure it out. But that's where my laser focus kicks in. Because for me, it's just, I'm unsettled until I have the answer, until I can, I'll beat myself up until I figure out how I could have done it differently or, or should have done it. Man, if you just bottle that up and you could sell it right along with that data that you have, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it'd be just mailbox money that on top of real estate, but. Sounds good to me. (laughs) So now do you mentor other agents at all or? So not so much. And only because. I mean, you're so busy. I can't even imagine that you can squeeze something else in, but I just was, that was just a curiosity question. I do get asked and that is not one of my um, strengths. Um, I do it when asked to speak at meetings and things like that. I will do that, but it does take a lot of time. And I really respect those agents who do, you know, spend their time giving back in that capacity and, and mentoring people. I'm also, um, I'm, I'm a really good doer better than I am a teacher. Mm. So I'm more like here, fix it. I'm off to the next thing. So, um, it's, it's, it's a mentoring is not something I've spent a lot of time with just because my schedule is a little wacky. Well, it's kind of like, I I would equate that to not all professional baseball players teach people how to play baseball (laughs) and not, not all of them should. (laughs) So, you know, I think, I think completely valid. Yeah. Just go do it. (laughs) That's me. Well, good. Well, and I like to, um, you know, you really show a commitment to growing even with, you know, I mean, you're obviously successful at what you do. You've accomplished a lot, but you're still just like, okay, next, what's next, what's next. What are one or two things that you struggle with today when it comes to growing sales? So I think that the the biggest challenge in, well, first of all, struggling to always stay ahead of the market because the market is always shifting and moving. And again, just when you get into that sweet spot where you're kind of getting comfortable, things do shift. So you have to always be a little uncomfortable um, and how to stay ahead of it and also how to stay adapting, how to adapt to the constant change within the industry. I mean, in the time that I've been in the industry, it's changed radically of how things are done. I mean, look, we're talking like this, right? (laughs) It never used to be done. It was always in, in person and at a studio or something like that. So it's, I think the challenges are Um, And now it's also where before maybe I was 24-7, the rest of the world wasn't. Now the whole world is 24-7, so now you have to, and there's no pause button in real estate. One of my colleagues said that so beautifully, uh, and I said, gosh, that makes so much sense, because you can't, you can't put it on pause. You have to be able to react quickly. It's it's a now, now, now business. People want to see that house now. They want to sell their house now, and they'll wait forever. But then when they want to do it, they're like, can you come over right now? (laughs) It's pivoting to be able to scale to the business, to give excellent customer service, to be present, and to maintain and, and, and continue your sales in an efficient manner 
but still give really good service at the same time and keep up with technology. So there's a lot of balls in there at all times. <laughs> just get old. staying ahead of that curve yep. too. So, and it's so, it's just such a competitive industry just by nature. Well. And not that, I mean, it's almost to the, I mean, it's, and it's honestly, it was like that even when we were in it, but where it's not so much that you have to just be good. You have to be top of mind and good. Yes. And you yes. have to be good. You have to stay good. Like you have to know what the market's doing. And then you have to know where are people communicating? How could, you know, so not only is your industry changing, but just communication general is changing. And Absolutely. A hundred and a hundred and ten percent. Well, is there, um, I, you're so busy and I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you're not staying up, you know, staying at work anyway <laughs> until one or 2 a.m. Hopefully you get some, you know, fun lifetime away from real estate as well. But are there on on a daily basis, are there rich, uh, is there a ritual or rituals that you have that you feel really sets you up for daily success? Yes. So um, I do try to stay super organized and it, it is, it is, it's a challenge because it's an influx constantly coming at you and, and you have to set aside dedicated time when it's not either that you can shut off the, the constant flow at you to stay organized so you can stay ahead of it. Um, and that's a challenge in and of itself, but I do, um, I am, I am very systematized and organized. And then it's, uh, for me personally, it's exercise to keep my brain, uh, in check and, and even meditation. I found that that's very helpful as well because it's a crazy business. Going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to sort all that out a little bit every once in a while. <laughs> yes. Have some peace. Okay. So the next part is rapid fire. Okay. So if you haven't listened to our show before, I'm going to say something and um, Stephanie, you're going to briefly tell me your favorite tool or person or other response. And you can say pass if you don't want to answer or if it's some kind of trade secret. And I'm, I'm just kind of laughing. We'll just share with everyone our little secret that um, I, first of all, we didn't meet before this and no. I know you, I mean, now that I know you, I'm like, okay, that makes total sense. So Stephanie wanted to know, she's, I don't share rapid fire before because I need a part of it that's fresh that I know there's no list. It's just like off the top of your head. And so it might be the best answer. It might not be, but at this moment, that's what's important. Right. Yes. And, um, but now it just makes total sense. I just, yes. That's the control freak in me. Sorry. So, so let me just show my appreciation that you are going to do this. It's going to be so much fun, but um, without even knowing, Stephanie is going to share her rapid fire answers. So let's do I'm it. Ready. Time blocking. Do you do it? And if you do, what do you use? Uh, so um, I try, but listing appointments always come first for time blocking. So if I've got something blocked in that, that will, a listing appointment will knock that right out. And what do you, what do I use? What technology do I use to time block? Oh, or, or human or <laughs> I've gotten answers that are human technology or, you know, handheld <laughs> um, <I> paper. Use, <laughs> I use paper. I'm old school. I use for, for time blocking. I use a, I use an old fashioned calendar, but it works for me. And it's all about the pen and the ink. And I know exactly what day I wrote it and where I wrote it and what color pen it was in. So I love it. it in here. I love it. I love it. Yep. It's multi-sensory. So yes. you have many ways to remember these. That's probably why I forget things more now because I, I've, you know, gone to the dark side, but yes. Uh, favorite technology. 
oh, my phone, of course, right? My phone, my iPad, my iPhone, all of it. We're going to have it. So I've joked forever that I'm going to have it surgically implanted in my forearm. <laughs> and then I heard that they're starting to do that in Norway with people. They're actually chipping them. Oh. So now they just like scan their arm when they go to the store. It's crazy. So, but yeah, my iPhone. Oh man. Okay. Uh, best CRM. I don't have one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the back of your day timer. <laughs> I know there's an address section, right? <laughs> I am. I am extremely organized with um, stickies and okay. paper and pen. Multi-sensory. Hey, yes. there you go. There I you go. To that. <laughs> That's awesome. It works. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Oh, I love cats. <laughs> yeah, not that you would. I mean, okay, you're in LA. You can't say that. <laughs> I know. So, I got to find another way to I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, but uh, so I, I'm going to ask you. I feel like I might know the answer to this, but best sales pipeline management. So, like, you have a con a warm lead, getting them to buy, and then yeah. Or oh, I follow up. Yeah, like. I, like, do you have a way to organize from the part where they're a warm lead to the part where they've hired you to do the job? Yes, it's just paper. It's just okay. paper and it's follow up and it's, I calendar it in. So just like, yeah, I find it takes more time to put it on my phone than it does just, I have, I use colored stickies. So mm. I have different colored stickies and they just, they just move forward in my calendar. And it's it awesome. works. Okay. Oh, it's ridiculous, but it works. <laughs> they always say the best CRM is the one that you use. And, and there so you go. Exactly. It, it must be working. Yes. And, and one thing I love about this segment is it really shows that there's a lot of ways to do it. So that's my whole point is like everybody thinks they have to have the best one. And, but, and even though that's what I'm asking, it's not, that's not the overarching feedback that I'm looking for. I really love that it shows all these different people who are really good at this job and all the different ways that we do it, you know, so, um, so I, I should say, I should say, for, forgive me for interrupting that. We no, that's great. Spend, so my whole team is like, Stephanie, you need a CRM, you know, your stickies because once in a while one will drop and then it will end up on the bottom of somebody's shoe or something. I'm like, Hey, I need that. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> so they had, I told my staff, I said, okay, one of you needs to investigate all these. And I started asking all my colleagues, what do you use? What do you use? And what I found was so many people started with this one and then they were like, no, that didn't work. And then they switched to that one. No, that didn't work. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go through a bunch of different ones and then keep switching when what I have works. So I had one of my um, right hand people interview a whole bunch of them and she came up with Boston logic. So it is on our, um, our list of goals to start that. Although, I'm not so convinced that it will be more efficient than my current method. So I will, I will venture into that slowly, but which one do you use or which one do you well, well, best? First, I would just like to do a PSA on behalf of all of your, the people who work with you, okay. <laughs> that your stickies are not in the cloud. And so <laughs> I know because you rely on them, on, on these people around you, yes. <laughs> when you, when you talk scaling, it's hard to scale with stickies. <laughs> okay. They, they use a CR. They use, they use, um, we have a, we do have a program that we use called Maestro, which all the data goes into that. They use it. I well, and you asked what kind I use. This is awesome. I, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the show. I'm, I'm obsessed with, um, with my system. I use active campaign for my email. Uh, management and I keep a clean list. Like I'm, I'm against thousands. I'm for a very good list. And okay. so we use active campaign 
and that does a lot of the delivery of the free giveaways that I have and things like that, as well as just when I feel like talking to people about things. But my sales pipeline management that I use um, is Pipedrive, and I swear by it. Like I just, Pipedrive? yeah, I just, I, I've used a lot. Like I used Top Producer and yes. Act in the old days, and yeah. I had a, I, I would scrap them and use my day timer. I loved yes. those. I mean, I, I, I feel like I love math. I'm just like, you are my soul sister. But, <laughs> but when it cut, and I think I like Pipedrive so much because it's got the robustness of something like Salesforce. So you can yes. do pretty much anything, but I can look at my pipeline and it has like rows yes. of like, who are they, you know? And okay. so it'll say like what, what deal it is, what, you know, and then it integrates. And I'm all about, I'm all about automation that um, enhances my relationships. So something that will trigger me or visually I can make sure things are on track. Um, and I feel like it does all that for me. So it'll remind me to do the things I'm supposed to do. Um, if I bring someone on board and they're making calls, you know, it, it all gets tracked. So I'm aware of what's happening, what yes. was said, but it's, you know, I, I tried Salesforce a number of times and cause that was the best for a long time. Right. And, and I'm sure it is like people who use it, love it. Um, you know, same goes for all of these, you know, Infusionsoft or I feel like they're almost all the same, okay. but if you can look at it and understand what you have to do next, that's what yes. matters. So, you know, that you do it and that you use it. And that's the key. You have to use it because we've had some of those in the past and we started and you know, so, okay, I will check out pipe drive. Thank you. That's <laughs> <it> from you. <laughs> You're very welcome. So, okay. More, um, transaction management. Yes. So we use um, a program called Maestro, okay. which it, it's, uh, it's very detailed and allows us to manage. We did use, um, we've used Top Producer. We've used that in the past, but Maestro has been really good for us. And then now we're switching to Dot Loop because that's what my staff wants to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and since they're all the computery ones, yeah. they should probably do it. <laughs> they're the ones doing that transactional stuff and entering it there because <laughs> as you're driving around, you can't going from appointment to appointment, you can't input that stuff on your phone and unless you want to kill yourself. Yeah. You should probably, you should probably just get help. And it's, it, I just think it's nice that they have so much influence on the software that you're using. I think that's really cool. I, they're the ones using it. They need to be efficient. Um, so yeah, I want them to like it. So what are one of your favorite books right now? So there's a book um, called the surrender experiment by uh, Michael Singer, Michael Singer. It's really a good book. Okay. Okay. He's the gentleman who started, um, oh, Stephanie, huge technology company. But his, his story is fascinating as to how he did it. The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Read it. I will definitely, I will have to look at that. I was just looking real quick to see Meditation Center founder. Is it the same one? It is, but, but read on about him and read on what he's founded. And it's an incredible story. Okay, cool. Yes. So I will look that up. Uh, who has been an overall mentor to you? Um, so in the beginning of my career, I would say Fred, Fred Sands has been a huge mentor. He has since passed, um, but he was very influential in my, in my real estate career. And then I would say my family, my family is just real supportive, very supportive. That's awesome. How about real estate teacher or, or coach? Um, real estate teacher or coach, pardon me. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't want to cough. Um, so I do get a lot from, as far as coaching goes, there's a gentleman named Tim Ferriss, if you're familiar with him. 
and I like to listen to his podcast. Four Hour Workweek? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He does. he's the author of that. But he has a great podcast where he interviews people in all different businesses, and you get great, great takeaways, even though it's not real estate, great takeaways of how to run your business, how to have a better life, how to, to uh, you know, the whole entrepreneurial lifestyle. So okay. I guess I would use that as a, a bit of a mentor. I look to that for mentor or coaching maybe. Yeah. Yeah. When you need some kind of move me yes. forward kind of. Yes. <laughs> How about a training resource that you swear by? Oh, I don't know. Okay. What would is, be an example? Is there anything that your staff uses or anything that you use to train the people around you or, um, jump in and swim, <laughs> jump in and swim life, like do it. Action. Yes. Action yes. is the Absolutely. best training resource. Yep. How about the most underrated resource in your industry? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. What would be an example? Uh, some of my, I think one of my favorite answers was the title company. I thought that was a oh, good one. Yeah. And, and then some people say MLS. I'm like, ah, it really leans on that. But um, it's a good answer. But um, yeah, just things that, that you use that you're like, I can't believe everybody doesn't use this. <laughs> Like so, for me, I would have probably said like county records when I was in real estate, I use them so much. I'm like, how does everybody not just look these up all the time? Oh yeah, absolutely. In our, so in our MLS, it's all the assessor records and then all the data. I mean, that is our, that's probably our biggest resource, right? Like we can't, we can't function without that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything that I haven't, um, that I haven't asked that maybe I should have or anything else that you want to share? I think you've asked a lot of good questions. <laughs> I'm happy to share. I don't have anything else I can think of. Okay, that's great. You shared a ton of stuff, so I just really appreciate it. But I do have one more question. Sure. I am a huge foodie, and I ask this at the end of every podcast. Uh, what is your favorite dish, and where do you get it? I'm totally looking for restaurant recommendations, but if it's something that someone makes at home, I'll take that too. So, um, I don't know if this counts, but I am an ice cream addict. And so it's not something you could make or you maybe go to a restaurant for, but as far as food goes, it would be ice cream. And it's, it's just a, anywhere. <laughs> my husband keeps buying it and I will text you a picture of my freezer and it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. So what kind of ice cream? What do you? Lots, all. Just um, any Rocky kind? Rocky Road, uh, chocolate, chocolate chip. So, uh, peanut butter chocolate chip. Do you have a brand that? No, mm -mm. no, no he just, just knows like my flavors. Bring me ice cream. <laughs> I tell him actually, I tell him to stop it, but he keeps. Breaking, <laughs> so, <laughs> he must his love language of he he must like show love by giving. Like he must be one of those like givers because um, my husband's like that too. Where it's like. He's like, I'm showing you love all the time. I buy you chocolate. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> That's all I need yes. in my whole life. So, well, awesome. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Of course. And you gave us some really good takeaways. I especially loved the discussion about that recession, you know, the last recession that we had and make like what really set your business apart that caused you to actually move forward faster even than a lot of instances where people got out of it. You have to be able to pivot in any business, right? You have to take the negative and figure out, okay, this is, it's, it was scary too, right? It was very scary because nothing was selling or the listing sitting forever. And you just have to be able to reinvent yourself, constantly reinvent yourself. 
That's right. That's right. Well, hopefully, I mean, we're due for another one. Who knows when, but um, it's good. To, I think if everybody is listening and that's all they heard of this whole thing, then I think that it's going to come in useful here sooner than later, probably. So, well, and thanks again so much to everyone for listening. And thank you to Taylor, who is here in this office with me, helping making sure everything is going well. And um, remember, the best is yet to come. <laughs>